0: In life, you need different mentors. Some of them will look like you, some won't look like you. But the most important thing in having a mentor is also that I got the opportunity to teach my mentors about myself, my community, and my aspirations, my goals. And so I feel like I have a whole cadre of mentors.
1: This is Associations Thrive, the podcast celebrating successful associations and their leaders. I'm your host, Joanna Pineda, CEO and Chief Troublemaker at Matrix Group International. Listen in as top association executives tell all, revealing the creative and innovative ways they're increasing membership, generating revenue, nurturing engagement, and reimagining their organizations. By the way, if you've launched a new initiative, created new member services, or updated your governance structure, and are seeing great results, I want to hear your story, and so do my listeners. I'd love to have you as a guest. Go to podcast.matrixgroup.net and apply to be on Associations Thrive. Now let's dive into this week's show. Today, I'm speaking with Juan Amador, Executive Director of the Society for Advancement of Chicanos, Hispanics, and Native Americans in Science, or SACNAS.
0: Juan, welcome to the show. Buenos dias, and thank you for having me today. Juan, tell us about SACNAS. ACNES has been around for 50 years. In fact, we celebrated our 50th anniversary just a little bit over a month ago in October in Portland, Oregon. Congratulations. We had a great time celebrating science, technology, engineering, and math. And that's what we all do every day, calling it STEM.
1: Juan, SACNAS has a goal of attracting Chicanos, Hispanics, and Native Americans into STEM careers. Why is this needed today?
0: Thank you for asking that. When we look at the data for all STEM disciplines, we continue to see that we are underrepresented. We, meaning Hispanics, Chicanos, Native Americans, and other communities other communities that are key to bringing more diversity inclusion in science, technology, engineering, and math. So Juan,
1: your website says celebration, not assimilation. I love that, but tell us, what does that mean?
0: Let me put it in a little bit of a context there. So we actually celebrate science, community, and culture. Mm. And so the science is really the discipline that our scientists go into, the culture piece is really bringing yourself, your true self to science. And so what does that mean? If you're Hispanic, you celebrate maybe a holiday or you wear a certain attire that represents your culture. If you're a Native American, you have a culture that is very unique and you want to bring that in. And then all that to help build community. So when we tie science, culture, and community, we're asking everyone to come to SACNAS and bringing them whole selves. And we're going to celebrate that. We're going to acknowledge that. And the way that we do that is through our arts, through our cultural events, such as the powwow or the pachanga, Ah. or even next year when we are hosting our conference, we're going to plan a party for Dia de los Muertos.
1: Wow. So what you're saying is instead of simply focusing on science and math and technology, you're really asking your members to bring their whole selves, including their culture, and to find each other in the celebrations.
0: Absolutely. Part of our experience and our members' experience is like we cannot leave our culture at home. Culture for us is so important. It's who we are because of our ancestors. Mm. and their journeys and our ancestors' pride in what they install and values in us as individuals and as part of the community. And so for us, you know, science is very much That's the job. That's what you do. But you have to also bring yourself to science. And we believe that by bringing yourself, we are diversifying. We're being more inclusive. We are bringing more belongingness into the community, into the space where we work at.
1: I love it. Before we get into the things that SACNAS is doing to Thrive and Thriving You Are, tell us about your journey. How did you get to become executive director?
0: I always like to start out by sharing that I'm a product of mentoring. Mm. I didn't know what a mentor was until one day, in undergraduate, my first mentor approached me saying, Please come into my office and let me share with you some of the key things that you could think about or consider if you need help. And based on that conversation, that really changed my life. It really opened up the possibilities of me thinking, wow, someone sees something in me. Someone wants to support me. Someone wants to guide me. And ever since then, I've always had a mentor, regardless of what position I've been in, then it turned into sponsors. Finding a sponsor, meaning when I'm not around, someone saying, you know, want Amazon, reach out to him. And those experiences really led me to a leadership program where I found associations and associations found me. Ah. I've always worked in associations. However, I didn't put it in that mindset. I'm like, oh, it's a job. No, it really is a passion of mine that I wanted to explore and really be successful in. And so I immersed myself in association executive management, association executive leadership, every aspect of it. And then I took my CAE exam, which is the Certified Association Executive Exam. And I passed and earned that credential, which opened up even a broader sense of, and pride, of becoming an executive director. And so I was at an organization for many years working with faculty, students, the community, and I loved it. And then Sakninsky, Opportunity came and I really looked at it because of the mission. We want more of us Latinos, Hispanics, Chicanos, Native American, Indigenous, Alaskan Natives to be leaders in STEM. And that spoke to me. I could really see making a difference, bringing more individuals into the STEM, supporting their goals and career journeys. Having a community that can guide them to be at the leadership table at the highest level, whether it's in government, private industry, nonprofits, and certainly higher ed.
1: Juan, give us some context a little bit for this journey. Who was this mentor who kind of got you
0: started? Was it a faculty advisor? Was it a professor? Who was that? So it was a faculty advisor who ran the Ronald McNair program. And it's a pathway program that focuses on leadership, but also preparing underrepresented students into the sciences. My first passion was to become a, a physical therapy major, and I didn't quite make it. However, I found what I needed to do, which was community and public health, and I loved it. For many years, I worked in helping educate the community and the public about HIV, STDs and safety at its broadest sense. And then when I moved into academic medicine, it was all about, you know, how do you become a doctor? How do you gain access to resources that could prepare you for a career in medicine? Later on, it was working with the faculty in terms of how do we diversify the faculty through the promotion and your process? So I had to learn a lot about you know, how do you become a faculty from the assistant to the associate to the full professor and then beyond? Hmm. And so this one professor, I kept in touch forever and was still in touch. And so it warms my heart to talk about her because I learned that in life, you need different mentors. Absolutely, Some of them will look like you. Some won't look like you. But the most important thing in having a mentor is also that I got the opportunity to teach my mentors about myself, my community, and my aspirations, my goals. And so I feel like I have a whole cadre of mentors.
1: Well, let's talk about that. So you say that you've had mentors along the way. How have you found them? How have you cultivated them? Or have they found you?
0: I have been very lucky to have found mentors, either at my job and my employment, by asking, ah. would you be open to a mentor mentee relationship? Other times it has been through a formal matching program. I've applied and, and I've listed my career goals, my aspirations, my opportunities for improvement. Other times it has been very much casual. It's very much of a conversation and leading up to, you know, regular coffees, regular lunches. And next thing you know, we are having a mentor-mentee relationship.
1: Boy, I love that. So you've been very intentional in making sure that along the way you've had mentors and you've asked for it.
0: You have to be intentional. One of the intentionalities is also you have to get over being afraid of asking for help. Yes. Asking for a mentor, asking those questions that you know you need help but may not be prepared to ask. And having a mentor is not only valuable for your professional career, but certainly for your individual and career aspirations, personal goals. Juan,
1: let's turn to SACNAS. Speaking of mentoring, you have a mentoring program. Tell us about it, because it sounds like mentoring has been so important to the powering of your career.
0: Thank you for asking. We at SACNAS believe that mentoring is key to not only one program, but all of our programs. And so we have different mentoring models. We have one-on-one And we will pair up individuals with a mentor, senior leader in the STEM field or an academic administrator or a government official or, you know, whatever that need is for that individual. We also have group mentoring where we come together as a group and have, you know, not just one, maybe two senior leaders within science and sharing opportunities, sharing the guidance that is being requested, sharing their professional journey. We also have broader programs such as at our conference where we have conversation with scientists. It's really inviting the community of scientists to come to lunch, come over and share your journey, Also, while students get the opportunity to ask, well, how did you get over that barrier? Or how did you finance your education? How did you train? In very specific, other specific questions such as like, I'm not sure if I want to do this. Why would I want to do this? And then there are other opportunities, virtual opportunities, where we actually highlight our chapters because our chapters do a lot of work and our chapter leaders are, providing mentoring for their peers. And so we want to make sure that we're highlighting the innovations, how to fundraise to get your chapter going, how to market your chapter, how to retain your chapter members. All of these opportunities involve mentorship, which is key.
1: It sounds like mentoring is really an important part of SACNAS. How many mentors do you have and how many mentees do you have? In some cases, it sounds like it's informal mentoring that might happen episodically at a conference, and in some cases, it might happen on a more long-term basis. So give us some numbers.
0: So well, thank you for asking that, because you're, you're absolutely correct. Mentoring is key for us. And so our leadership programs, they vary, sometimes uh, between 30 to 50, and that means it's at the beginning, and we encourage a continuing mentorship relationship. Ah. And we have many stories that we share where someone started as a undergraduate and through mentoring, obtained their degree, and now they are the mentors because they are a leader in the, their STEM field. Others are more of in the thousands, such as when we go to our National Diversity in STEM Conference. This year, for example, we had 3,000 students. Wow! And we opened it up to the entire scientific community, and we were able to pack at least two rooms full of scientists mentoring 3,000 students to really guide their current and future goals.
1: That's amazing. Hey, let's turn to your conference. So you've got an annual conference, and it's a really huge event. So tell us about it, and like,
0: what's new with your conference? Every year, we celebrate the National Diversity in STEM Conference, and every year, it's a different experience. Mm. This year's experience was different because we were celebrating 50 years of SACNUS, and so we were very intentional about celebrating our past, our present, and our future, and what that meant is our past, celebrating our elders and founders and key successes of why SACNUS was established the presence, our commitment to continuing diversity, equity, inclusion, and belongingness. There's many things that have happened in the U.S. Most recently, the Supreme Court's decision, yes, where they really got rid of uh, affirmative action. So we look at, you know, how is SACNAS going to continue its mission? We have shared with our members that our mission is not changing, that we are laser focused on advancing true diversity in STEM. And then what does the future look like? The future looks like more scientists, more engineers, more mathematicians, more physicians, more of us in all of the scientific disciplines with a commitment of growing the community, that's why we it's important for us to come together every year. And every year, we take the time to celebrate again science, culture, and community. So you just had your conference. So what was new and
1: different? And describe a typical conference day, a sessions, trade show, mentoring, What's it look like?
0: New this year, we brought back our traditional powwow, which is a celebration that we not only invite our conference attendees, but we invite the community in. And so it is an event that is traditional to SACNAS. We also brought back our Patanga, which is a huge party for celebrating our 50th anniversary. We also brought back our commitment to celebrating our culture by increasing the number of art and performance on stage. And so we had Aztec dancers, traditional dancers, mariachis. We have several different performers, and those come from the community. We ask our members, you know, by asking our members, it allows us to establish a cultural advisory group which really guides what we do at our conference related to, again, culture and community. The typical SACNAS conference doesn't look like every year, but there are some traditional tracks or structure. Our first day really always opens up with a land acknowledgement, some blessings, again, following traditional Native American cultural and respectful ways of honoring the indigenous people who take care of the land of where we're visiting. Our plenaries, then we move right into opening our graduate school and career expo hall where we have more than 500 exhibitors. They come from government, higher education, private industry, nonprofit, and then we move into our sessions. Our content is really populated by our members. We have a national call for proposals that our members and others can submit their science, their work, their research. It's a peer review process. It's selected, and we get to, again, celebrate our scientists presenting at our conferences I mentioned we also have mentoring programs that take place. So Juan,
1: I'm fascinated by the idea of having a powwow at a conference. So I attended a powwow in college. I went to school out in California. And this is a Native American celebration. How do you celebrate a powwow at a
0: conference? We celebrate by inviting our elders, our founders, and our cultural advisory group to help us Celebrate in a very respectful way. One is we make sure that we are invited and then we invite the community. And so, a celebration means that we are celebrating the entire community, it's not about just one individual. We also make sure that we have some education, and so we do provide some guidance to what's it like to attend a powwow, and here's some oral, and some written materials that we will share with our attendees, our members, and our guests. But at the core of celebrating, it's really looking to how we are coming together as a community to celebrate who we are and to celebrate that we are being invited into an Indigenous Native community. Mm. So that way we can continue to build and broaden that community. Wow, I love this.
1: Juan, let's turn to something different. You are the recipient of the very first Estrella Award from Association Latinos, a new 501c3 devoted to really celebrating the Latino community and the association space. So tell us about this award.
0: The Estrella Award is very personal to me. I could not believe that I, I am the first recipient. That call, it took me a minute to hear but what it means to me when I receive that call to be acknowledged among my peers is important. Over the years, you know, I've taken a lot of intentionality in building my community, and that has meant the world to me. Building the community where I can help bring others along, where I can share some of my experiences, how to get over some of the barriers that we face and we continue to face, we can capitalize on our strengths, and not only by one-on-one, but as a group, and now as a new nonprofit representing Latinos. And so taking all that into account, when I received that award, I just had to reflect of all of My family struggles as an immigrant family from Honduras coming to the United States, first generation, obtaining that degree, becoming an association executive, and now helping the current and future association, Latinos in particular, association leaders become executive directors or become C-suite leaders. That award represents Love to me. It represents home. It represents belongingness. It just represents the community that I help and that I belong to.
1: Well, I got to see the award ceremony and I felt the love and I felt the belonging. So, congratulations. Thank you. Juan, before we go, tell us about membership.
0: Membership for SACNESS is open. This is a question that we get a lot. TACNAS historically has focused on Chicanos, Hispanics, and Native Americans, but we are a very inclusive organization. We welcome all who want to be leaders in STEM, and so it is open to anyone, and we will continue to be inclusive. We will continue to provide a community that welcomes you and more importantly, we will continue to be a community that celebrates you. And so if you are interested in becoming a SACNESS member, please visit SACNESS.org and we will welcome you. We celebrated our membership by announcing that we are now 10,000 members strong. Oh my God, congratulations. It was a success. Thank you so much. You know, what that means for us is increasing and bringing more value to our members. And so our members are undergraduate students. They are our early career faculty. Mid-career, we have emeritus. We have leaders that come from all over the, the U.S. And we have chapters also. We have 144 chapters. About seven of them are professional chapters. We have our first uh, tribal college and university chapter, and we celebrate all of that, all that success. And so 10,000 strong, and we are hoping to continue to increase that membership.
1: Well, that is amazing. Congratulations. Juan, thank you so much for sharing what SACNAS is doing to thrive. I hope you'll come back and tell us about the next milestone and tell us about all the great things that you're doing.
0: Thank you. I hope to be back. And thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed our conversation today.
1: Thanks for listening to Associations Thrive. We're so glad to have you here. You know, my personal mission and the mission of my company, Matrix Group International, is to help associations and nonprofits increase membership generate revenue, and thrive in the digital space. I want to hear stories of how your organization is thriving in today's challenging landscape. Please apply to be on my show by going to podcast.matrixgroup.net. By the way, do you need help with a digital initiative? Maybe it's a website redesign, a new membership database, or a hybrid meeting that you're planning. I'd love to connect with you. Please visit the Matrix Group website at matrixgroup.net. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode of Associations Thrive. Don't forget to subscribe to the show, leave a five-star rating, post a comment, and share it with your colleagues and friends. Bye!